You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Wilson misses the first free throw, and that will do it. Season sweep for Texas over Kansas in overtime. The Horns win it 75-72. It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski and Ryan Horvat on the BetQL Audio Network. That was a lot of fun last night if you had the Longhorns minus two and a half. If you uh, had KU or you waited and waited and you took Texas minus three, that did not work out for you and uh, ended up being a push there. Joe Ostrowski, Ryan Horvat, BetQL Daily on Twitter, at BetQL Daily. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast. And let's continue our College Hoops conversation with a pro better David Stahl at David Demand 2 on Twitter. Uh, David, uh, it's been a while since we've spoken. Love the uh, Twitter bio. I know you're poking some fun at yourself. You describe yourself as no longer a plus EV sports better. Is that because of uh, this this COVID slash college hoop season? Uh, yeah, and I mean, you know, a little bit of that is tongue in cheek. I um, yeah. y- yesterday I posted a recap of my season, uh, and my January was just you know one of those Murphy's Law, what can go wrong, will go wrong kind of months. Um, you know, so obviously when those come up, the trolls pop out and, and that's <laughs> when I changed the bio, um, yes. figuring, Hey, I'm just going to poke, poke some fun at myself, you know, before everybody starts coming at me, Oh, you know, you're hitting 45%, you know, this month, what are you doing? Calling yourself a plus EV better, blah, blah, blah. So I figured, like I said, I'll, I'll, I'll just get to it first. <laughs> Good stuff there. Um, <laughs> as far as the games last night, not only do we have Texas KU, which was intriguing, but also Baylor. Um, all season it's been okay. There's Gonzaga Baylor, they're on one tier, and then you're going to have to drop down to everyone else. Well, we had that COVID layoff uh, last night. Baylor didn't come close to covering the spread. They were losing at halftime. Uh, m- maybe it's something that a lot of people were expecting their first time back on the court when it counts for real. What did you think of Baylor last night? Yeah, I, I wouldn't overreact to that uh, very much, to be honest. If you look at that game, Iowa State came out of the gates. I don't know the exact numbers, but I think it was something like seven for nine uh, from three in the first part of the first half. And they led by 17 with uh, six minutes left in the half. But if you look beyond that, you know, the last 26 minutes of the game, Baylor outscored them by 22. So basically, you're just looking at 14 minutes there in the first half where Iowa State just kind of played out of their mind. Uh, like you said, factor that in with, you know, maybe some rust for Baylor. And and that's not something I'd really lose sleep over if I'm, you know, somebody with Baylor futures or a Baylor fan. I, I still think they're an excellent team, and, and I think they'll be just fine. 
David, obviously uh, what Michigan's doing right now is really impressive, especially after their long uh, COVID layoff. You know, they come back, they beat Wisconsin, and then obviously this weekend on Sunday, a nice win over Ohio State in what was probably the best college basketball game of the season so far. Villanova also heating up a little bit. They're playing really well defensively these last two games. Outside of Gonzaga and Baylor, who obviously we're all probably, if we're playing futures, that's who we're looking at. Who do you think can make a deep run in this NCAA tournament? Well, you mentioned Michigan, and uh, like, like everybody knows, not a big secret. Gonzaga Baylor have been your one-two, you know, pretty much all season. But Michigan is creeping up, at least for me, uh, in my ratings. And that gap between them and Baylor at two and three is tightening uh, pretty quickly. So Michigan is definitely a team to keep an eye on. That, by no means a secret, you know, people know they're good. But that offense, when it's clicking, it's just so fun to watch. Um, the, the ball movement, the unselfishness. And, and seemingly every time down the floor, they're getting a good look. So Michigan is uh, out of that group you just gave me, definitely most impressive. Uh, what are your thoughts on Texas? The the overtime win last night, they sweep the season series against KU. Uh, are you buying the Longhorns right now, uh, less than three weeks away from Selection Sunday? It's, to an extent, I like Texas, but I kind of look at them as – realistically you know a sweet 16 ceiling but because their offense is somewhat limited and i say that uh four of their top scores three of them shoot 42 percent from the field or worse um their two highest usage guys are, are both below d1 average in terms of efficiency um and i think again i don't know the exact number but they're somewhere in the three tens in a zone offense so you can kind of drop a zone on them at any time and and odds are they're going to struggle so you know, there's no denying it's a very talented roster, but but for all those reasons I just went into, I, I can't see a deep, deep run. David, if you had to pick a team from the ACC to make a deep run in the tournament or to make some noise, who, who would you go with? Would it be Virginia, even after, you know, a disappointing loss to Duke? Is it Duke? They're getting hot or a team like Florida State, maybe? I think right now it would be Florida State. Um, as always with, with the Seminoles, there's going to be a ton of size and, and athletes all over the roster that's nothing new that's been a been a leonard hamilton staple for you know a decade now but this year they can actually shoot um and many of the past years it was like you know nba level athletes everywhere but the shooting was kind of hit or miss you could throw a zone on them and you know they'd, they'd shoot their way out of the game from three but but this year they actually have some legitimate knockdown shooters and a lot of the year you've kind of been waiting for maybe regression to come you know catch up with them and bring those three-point percentages back but it hasn't happened. And, and the more and more, you know, you see uh, Florida State shooting lights out from deep, you just kind of have to accept, like, hey, they can shoot now. And like I said, when you factor that in with insane talent and great athletes all over the floor, they, they look very dangerous. David, what do you think about uh, Alabama-Arkansas with the Razorbacks favored by two, a total of 158 and a half going at it tonight? To be honest, I don't have a, uh, a play or a lean on that one, but that's just kind of a, if you enjoy college basketball, throw that game on, and, and it should be a fun one to watch. The, uh, the total kind of tells you all you need to know as far as how up and down it should be. I know the over is taking some money, and I can't say I disagree with that. Um, not sure how much value is still left at the current number, but you got two teams that like to get up and down. You know, Alabama's going to shoot 700 threes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, so, so that'll be a fun game. I mean, maybe a live or, or second half opportunity. But uh, for now, that's just kind of keep an eye on it and uh, enjoy some high-level hoops. Which, uh, which games on the board do you like for tonight? 
Um, I've got three plays actually and ended up being all unders. Um, sorry, give me two seconds so I can give the exact numbers here. Um, I got Indiana Rutgers under 133, and that one is due in large part. I mean, you got two teams both in the 290s and a three point percentage. Obviously, in today's you know college basketball world, uh, the three point line is going to go a long, long way in telling you where the total could land. Um, the first meeting they they went to 144, but that was you know 18 for 38 combined from three, you know banging on the door of 50. percent So I don't think there's there's any shot they approach that again tonight. And assuming you know regression, like I said, two teams in the 290s from three, if they revert anywhere close back to that form, uh, you know this has all the makings of a pretty ugly game. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice. Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, you said uh, Indiana Rutgers, and uh, did you have a couple other that you wanted to share, or another one? I do. Yeah. I, I don't know how much time you guys have. If you want me to go into detail or just tell you what I, okay. Yeah, we're good um, on I've time. Got a, sweet. Okay. I got Cincinnati Tulsa uh, under one thirty two and a half, And that's another one. I mean, two teams, you know, it, neither is very intriguing as far as, you know, how good they are, but they are both respectable defensive teams. Um, in the case of Tulsa, you know, Frank Hayes has his, you know, trapping zones and, and different looks he'll give offenses. And seemingly every year he comes up with things that give opposing offenses trouble. So that, that keeps Tulsa relevant. Um, also, they go out of their way to slow the tempo, which is something they normally have more success with at home. So no reason to think not another strong defensive showing from Tulsa tonight. And then on the Cincinnati end, they just gave up 90 the other day to Houston. So typically first game back after something like that, you know, you'd assume they emphasize defense a little bit in practice. That's probably been something the coaching staff has been driving home. So you'd expect a little, you know, a little closer to, to a max effort showing at least defensively after giving up a big number like that. Starting to get excited for some baseball. Uh, win totals have been released. Also uh, futures, awards, all that fun stuff. Anything that you like uh, so far, you know, as far as win totals go, David? To be honest, I haven't looked too close at the wins, uh, at the over-unders, but in general, a team I like at a 10 to 1 in the AL and roughly 25 to 1 to win the World Series kind of under the radar again is, uh, is Tampa Bay. You know, they move yeah. uh, Snell, you know, big pieces go out, but, you know, under the radar, they've, they've secured that bullpen, which should be very good. Uh, they have plenty of intriguing arms as, as far as starting options. Um, they took a flyer on a few players. Your, you know, Colin McHugh, Rich Hill types, Michael Waka, uh, Chris Archer is back now. N- nobody who's been great very recently, but all guys who were pretty good, you know, within the last two, three years. So Tampa taking a flyer on them, hoping maybe one or two can pan out, um, save a little money, buy low, just all the things they've been doing year after year after year. Um, and my suspicion is when you look up and, you know, July, August, they're going to be right there again, just like they are every year. And uh, I, I think 10 to 1 AL and 25 to 1 World Series are pretty good numbers. 
Uh, this is BetQL Daily. Joe Shosky, Ryan Horvat here with Pro Better David Stahl on Twitter at David Deman and the numeral two. Like that play with the Rays. Very under the radar. I think their win total is low 80s right now. And uh, I, we were talking to a bookmaker yesterday. He said that they they were getting some money on the Rays under. I, I don't quite agree with that, the way that organization is run year after year. What about some of the, the, the other stuff? Uh, do you get involved in the awards markets? Um, as far as at, timing futures, do you try to jump in uh, at this time as they're just showing up at spring training when they might have some value, or or is it something that that you're looking at on on a weekly basis? Well, it, it's it's such a fine line with futures because it, you know one way to look at it is I want to get on anything before the market sees it, before everybody else sees it too, and the value is gone. The other yeah. side of the coin is I, I, I want to see a little bit before I, you know, jump in too much because, you know, I just greater sample size, you know, confirm some of the theories you have, this and that. But, you know, the counter to that is the value could be gone if you wait too long. So, so there's no clear right answer. Um, personally, I, I'm more in the, you know, give me three or four weeks and I'll see how everything is. So th- that's probably what I'm going to do this year. But as far as as an individual player to keep an eye on, if you want to bet something like lead the league in home runs or a comeback player of the year, I wouldn't say MVP because this player pretty much has no defensive value, but uh, Jordan Alvarez is, is back with Houston and he only had nine plate appearances last year. So, you know, I'm sure a lot of people have forgotten about him, but in 2019, he came up and had 27 home runs in three months and, and was just tearing the cover off the ball. So if he can stay healthy, that's a guy who might flirt with 50 home runs. And if you're, like I said, looking at, you know, league leader in home runs, comeback player of the year, he's somebody that's probably worth throwing a little bit on. Yeah, I I think that's pretty important what you just said a moment ago about uh, sitting out on some stuff. And uh, let's see what we have, because we have a a sample size of 162 games this year, something we haven't seen in quite some time. Like I'm a little reluctant on some stuff because – I'm maybe you don't want to follow the numbers too much because if you're going to compare, look at numbers from the 2020 season, like, okay, that was a two month sample size. Very, very small year after year. We see some, some players that aren't that great end up playing in the all-star game because the first 60 games uh, were that strong. And, And if you are looking at everything numbers, well, the last time we saw 162, it's been a couple of years and, and that's an eternity in pro sports. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, like you said, so, so many things in 2020, you're just going to kind of have to throw out, you know, I know yeah. we're, we're all prisoners of the moment and, you know, with COVID people are for the most part, you know, locked in their houses, living, you know, much less active lives. So more uh, eyeballs on your, your marquee stories, you know, Jose Altuve hitting 220 uh, with the cheating scandal and everybody paying attention that got, you know, a ton of news. Um, Jose Altuve is not going to hit 220 again. Um, he's not only good because he cheated, you know, things like that. Uh, JD Martinez, I think hit 213. He's not going to hit 213 again. You know, most of these guys who have been good players. Javi Baez. So long. Yeah, it, it, exactly. I mean, 60 games. I mean, if that happens in May and June, nobody even notices over the course of 162. Um, but, but when 60 games is the entire season, you know, everybody's talking about it. It's making headlines. It's clickbait, this and that. Um, stick to the norm as far as evaluating, you know, those guys, Baez, Altuve, Martinez types, it's all going to revert back. 
David, it's nice to hear you give out a, uh, a a raise pick because I feel like anytime we talk about sleepers or where to find any value in the future market, it's always uh, the Padres or it's always the White Sox. Those are the, the the top teams that everybody names. You know, if you have to go in on one of those teams real quick in about like 30 seconds here, um, who who would you choose? Would it be the White Sox in the AL or the Padres in the NL? Gosh, that's tough. Um, <laughs> I, I'd probably I, I'd probably have to say the Padres. Um, God, that's tough though. Not not with a ton of confidence out, out of the two options you just gave me. Um, but I like what the Padres are doing underneath. I mean, all the flashy headlines with you know Tatis and Snell and so on and so forth. But quietly, they're they're adding some depth in the rotation. You know, your sixth, seventh, eighth guys, which inevitably you're going to need over the course of 162. You're not just going to run through the whole season with five guys making 30 starts each. Right. Uh, so the underbelly, they're kind of tightening up. And, and I think quietly, that's not getting as much uh, attention as it should, but but it'll uh, end up being very important. I agree. They're, they're no longer a sleeper pick either. That's everybody. That, they're, they're, no, they're fine. Yeah. yeah, absolutely Robert. not. Pro better David Stahl at David Demand Two on Twitter. Uh, David, hope to do this again soon. Good stuff, man. Yeah, you got it. Happy to do it, guys. Thanks. Uh, uh, there's David Stahl, college hoops tonight, M- MLB futures. Taking a look there. By the way, some great games coming up on Thursday. Next, we've got golf. Though tournament starts tomorrow. You're locked into the BetQL Audio Network.